Hi, this is Chris Beirudi. This is Connor Martin. We are the director and writers of the new feature, Shelter in Place. And you're listening to the Horror Squad podcast. podcast episode number 193 tonight we're gonna to be talking about james wan's malignant which is currently in theaters and streaming on hbo max i'm one of your co-hosts todd we have joe sam and steve boys and girl and you guys have an interview right yes we do um so i interviewed um the directors of a new movie which is now available on vod called shelter in place uh steve watched it as well so we are going to talk about it on what watch tonight um but yeah we interviewed uh filmmakers chris bay rudy and connor martin uh who were who also wrote and directed the movie um so yeah stick around it's actually a really good interview interview and um pretty interesting like i learned that uh some interesting things in the interview so definitely stay tuned and give it a give it a listen Awesome. What are you guys all up to uh, these days? Are you getting ready for spooky season and uh, shopping and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure am, Steve. I saw that everyone is posting on Instagram. <laughs> what? This is a funny delivery. <laughs> well, because it's like, duh. Um, no, but I saw everyone posting that they went to the Boo Bash, and I'm so jealous. I mean, Can you tell us what the boobash is because yeah. I, I have no idea. I just know that it's a boobash. That's all I know. And it looks like fun. It's at Disney Steve World, can correct? Tell yeah. Us. So, so uh, the boobash is uh, Disney World's Halloween event. Um, I've been, you know, every year since t- 2011, since my honeymoon. Uh, and But this year is, a, well, I guess this year and last year were my first years where I missed it. Um, it's a really cool event. You know, you go trick-or-treating, they have parades and the best fireworks I've ever seen in my life and uh, great food and all sorts of stuff. It's, it's a really cool event, but I felt this year, I mean, I didn't, I couldn't go anyway, but had I been, they like jacked the price up $50 per ticket. Plus, uh, it's like two hours less than it was before. Plus, um, they don't have any exclusive merch and they're not doing all the stuff that they usually do. So it was like, okay, why? <laughs> But they're all sold out pretty much. So I guess some people are still excited to do it, uh, which it is what it is. But a very cool event. If you can afford it and if you can get there, highly recommend it. Good time. Are you guys buying it? Just anything? like their kickoff to the Halloween season. Like, what's the difference between that and Mickey? Mickey's not so scary. Uh, Mickey's not so scary Halloween party is what they used to call the event up until this year. Boobash oh. is just what replaced it. I think they changed the name just to make it because it's different a little bit than it was. So there aren't the same expectations. Uh, I don't know if Mickey's not so scary will ever come back, but uh, I hope it does. I hope so. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I hope they go back to their old format, but we'll see, uh, you know, one year at a time. All depends on how COVID goes. The, that old pesky COVID just won't go away. COVID's at it again. <laughs> yeah. It's coming uh, back. Yeah. You, you guys buy anything fun at uh, Halloween stores or? Um, not yet. Sam and I went to, um, spirit, uh, a few like last week. Uh, and it was actually like one of the biggest ones I've been to other than the flagship store that Sam and I went to, uh, last year, but this was like the second biggest one we went to. Um, it's in the next town over and they had a lot like this. So they had a really cool, uh, Sam, like sitting Sam, almost like a full size. It's a little smaller than the animatronic, 
Um, and I was really debating on buying it, but Sam was like, get the animatronic instead, like wait out, wait and get that one instead. But this was pretty cool too. And it was 90 bucks. Um, a lot of cool killer clown stuff this year as well. So yeah, but nothing, ha I haven't pulled the trigger on anything yet other than this hat I'm wearing, which, uh, Springwood high school, Freddy Krueger hat. Did you see the, uh, killer clown animatronic there? Was it there? No, they didn't have it. No, I haven't been to mine yet. I've been holding off. So maybe this weekend I'll go. Mm -hmm. But I did start digging out some of the Halloween bins and putting stuff together, seeing what's missing. Because, you know, there's always something missing, like a steak for the grass or something annoying. So getting all that stuff organized. So when I go to the store, I know what to buy. I love that. Yeah, I've been to my spirit Halloween a lot. Uh, it's to the point now where I know the people who work there. And if they get something in, they text my wife just to tell us like, okay, hey, we got this. You want us to hold it for you? And like, all right, VIP. So it's uh, yeah, it's, I really got to stop myself. You know, I'm buying a lot of the stuff, um, you know, especially the killer clown stuff. You know, I, I love killer clowns and I think it's so colorful and everything. So I bought the little statues that they have. Um, I bought uh, a blanket and I'm getting the shorty animatronic, but they haven't received it yet. So uh, just waiting for it to come in, but I'm first on the list. So going to buy that, put it in my basement and, and I saw the thing that you're talking about, Joe, with uh, Sam. Um, I, I wanted to buy it, but I have so many Sam things already. I have the animatronic. I have the one that's kind of hanging. He's actually right in my, in my shot right now. Uh, I have the pumpkin that like lights up. And, you know, it's just at a certain point, how much Sam stuff can I have? So I passed this year, but it's very, very cool. They have a lot of cool stuff this year. Good time if you can make it to one. Did you see any of the Haunted Mansion stuff, Steve? I did. Um, the coolest thing they have is uh, the organist and it's really big. It's like, um, it, it looks like to be about a foot tall and I would totally have been down for it, but I have one from Disney um, that lights up and stuff. So I didn't buy it, but yeah, they got some cool stuff and I'm happy to see Haunted Mansion get some love. I mean, both, I mean, we're getting a lot of Haunted Mansion love you know, as a fan between Spirit Halloween featuring them, the Muppets getting their special in October uh, the new movie that's coming out next year, which is now confirmed to star Owen Wilson and Rosario Dawson. Um, I'm excited. Good time to be a Haunted wow. Mansion fan. Oh, wow. Give me Owen Wilson, guys. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> it just sounds like a cat. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. I was waiting for Joe. It was like building up and he never did. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, I guess I'll continue reading. So, what are you eating? Reading. Oh. I'm actually reading the um, the book that oh, was the ritual movies based on. Oh, oh really? that's cool. Yeah, it's uh, very different. Not not in a good way. Yeah. It's one of the rare cases where the movie's better. The movie's better. Yeah. Is it like a direct uh, thing, or is it just it, kind of loosely it, based? No, I mean, I think the movie was a direct adaptation. Okay. Like the setup's identical, minus um, they don't go to the on a, a hike because their friend is killed. They just go to go. Mm -hmm. But then, like the people in the forest are like stupid different. It's mm -hmm. like what what was he thinking? <laughs> different, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, I'll tell you. It's it's a in in the movie. Remember, it's like some kind of cult, basically. Mm -hmm. These guys are death metal dudes from Scandinavia and they think Odin is inside them so they go to the woods with their death metal music to conjure up demons oh wow geez okay yeah <laughs> it's been like 40 pages of the lead character trying to talk him like telling him he's full of shit like you're not 
you know, angelic or, you know, with God or Odin or whatever, you're just a piece of shit. So, right. <laughs> but it's like, oh my God, can we just, they're like the monster's still there, but like, can we get to the monster? Okay. Please? So it's, it's the, the same like big monster. That, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's just like the people are drastically different. It's okay. like three, three metalheads. Weird. <laughs> yeah. It's super weird. But they, they're from Scandinavia, but of course they speak perfect English. I know Europeans usually have dual languages, but right. it's just like these guys are supposed to be like undereducated and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't right. know. <laughs> it's kind of a little too too convenient. Mm. So yeah. It's like 450 pages too. So I'm like, come on. And then on that note, a word from our sponsor. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. All right, what watch, guys? Anyone been watching anything? Uh, Sam, have you... Oh, yeah, you were going to tell me if you're going to start The Walking Dead. So have you done that yet? I have not. All right, keep me posted because I've been holding it on the back burner for you. Oh, you have? Uh-huh. All right, all right. Whenever you're ready, it's no rush. Okay, I was like, you might have to remind me again. No, I don't, I, it's no rush for me. Any um, American Horror Story, Sam? Oh, God. <laughs> no, Todd, I'm telling... <laughs> guys, I think... I think we're good. I think this season is great. Um, but so this coming up episode will be the finale of this portion of this season. And I've loved it. Now, I don't know what's going to happen on the second part with the new story. I am I am feeling like it will not be as great as the first part. But the last episode, you guys, it was like... It was moving. I cried. So let's see. Where did we leave off at? Okay. It's kind of hard now because, okay, I'll try my best. Anyways. Um, okay. So we know that the husband has taken the pill. The young daughter has taken the pill. The wife is pregnant and we don't know what's going to happen with her. She really doesn't have any talent. So the daughter finally convinces her to take the pill she pretty much like tricks her into it because she knows that her mom has no talent and she just wants it to be her and her dad because they think that she is holding them back and holding them um, back from greatness pretty much. And so she's like, let's just leave mom. Like we don't need her. And the dad's like, don't you say that? So of course the mom fucking takes the pill. They give her all of her like designing supplies so she can hopefully create and decorate the downstairs house that they've been staying at. Um, And she has no talent whatsoever. So she becomes pretty much like a walking zombie. And it is so sad, you guys. Like they lock her up in the bathroom and she just completely is not herself and then by the end of the episode they just let her out of the house and she wanders down the street just like being a zombie it is so sad and like the husband realizes like maybe the daughter was right because you have held us back and he's like I thought I was fine with being a family man but I'm really not like I want to go follow my dreams and I want to go fulfill my passions and then also, so we know that Macaulay Culkin character, 
Macaulay Culkin's character had taken the pill because he's already like a great writer anyways. So he's about to go to LA to live like this new life and have this banging career. And Sarah Paulson's character, she is kind of like stuck in between if everyone's saying that she does need to take the pill because so far we think that she's talented. Some of the paintings that we've seen are really nice. So there's an incident where she's about to be killed by the walking. I call them zombies, but I don't think that's what they're called. Um, The lifeless vampires. So she's about to be killed. Macaulay Culkin comes and he's like, they're not going to hurt you as long as I'm with you. And he was like, take the pill. He was like, we could have such a great life together. And she just does not want to do it. Like she knows you're pretty much selling your soul to whatever devil. She knows that you're not human and that it's just not good. And she just really doesn't want to. And so he was like, well, I'm leaving. And if you're not coming with me, like you're on your own. And she's like, please don't leave me. And so these brainless vampires are about to kill her and he leaves her the pill and she's forced to take the pill or else she's going to get eaten by all these vampires. So she takes the pill. She ends up going to the beach because he's like, once you take the pill, create like your masterpiece that you know is in your head, create that and see if you're talented. So she goes to the beach. We see her, the camera's behind her and she's like scribbling and painting, setting up and we don't know what she's painting. And so you're like, is she really talented or did we just think that like, what's going to happen to her? Because you feel so sorry for her. And like, even though she's like a meth addict and she's stolen a few babies for this other vampire lady to eat you still know that she has a good heart and she's she's just like she could be a millionaire guys but she chooses not to because she doesn't want to sell out it's crazy so she ends up walking towards the beach she fucking slices her wrist and she walks into the ocean and it leaves it at that like we don't know what her painting looked like and I was crying I was like oh my god is she talented or is she not like is she, did she kill herself because she's no she knows that she's not and she doesn't just want to rot or is she like I did have it I just wanted to see but I don't want to have to like go through selling my soul and living like that um so it was really moving but we don't know in that episode which I think they should have shown it maybe we'll get a glimpse back the final episode but I'm like oh they should have showed it because it was so like depressing and just I felt empty and it just would have been like an even bigger punch but this season has been so good you guys and I I'm like back on the back on the boat for now (laughs) You like the vampire angle? Yeah. I do. Yeah, because they're going aliens, I think, right? The second half? Yeah. Hmm, interesting. That's good. That's good. Finally, yeah. Maybe they needed shorter season. Well, shorter that's stories. What, because... Yeah, Joe and I were saying that. And maybe that's just the problem is like they stretch it out too long where they kind of get desperate and just run out of ideas. But would you guys take this black pill if you like based on your life, based on your talents that you think that you have or that you don't think you have? Would you take this pill? The alternative is brain mush. So if you take the pill and you are talented already, you mm. could like Get the better. the universe, like the sky is the limit. Like Todd, you could be like a big time movie producer if you already had like the talent and you took this one little pill. Gotcha. But if you didn't and you thought that you did and you really had no talent, you would just, your brain would just pretty much rot and you would just be like a lifeless vampire so is american horror story like 
trying to get really deep like believe in yourself is like the message <laughs> i think so yeah i like it i don't think i would um because you can't trust horror stuff but that's me what yeah i don't trust macaulay culkin feeding me pills no thanks culkin come on steve would you take it yeah maybe you know i think i have enough confidence that yeah like i know i don't know where the hell i'd go with it but uh <laughs> you know what if it's a rectal pill like it's put in your butt oh <laughs> no thank you i mean you probably could is that called a, a, a suppository, suppository. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well actually a uh, funny quick story on that Oof. uh like i talked i talked about that i used to run a, a, a chain of sex shops uh, in the early 2000s and i was the supervisor of a bunch of employees there's about four or five employees per store I had seven stores, so I took care of them. And one of the stores I didn't get to often because it was like a lot further than the other ones. So I'd only go once every two weeks. Uh, I noticed that they kept ordering these uh, pills that that, that we had uh, for sale. And I thought it was really weird because we didn't sell that many pills at any of the other stores. So when I went to that store on my two-week trip, I'm like, damn, that's like your fourth box of these pills. What's going on? He's like, oh, one of the customers loves them. I'm like, okay, you know, to each their own or whatever. He's like, yeah. He says he wishes they weren't suppositories, but, uh, you know, other than that, he says they're amazing. I look at him, I'm like, dude, they're not supposed to be. You're supposed to be taking it in your mouth. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. It's like, oh, shit. It's like a erectile performance or something. Yeah. Well, it it says on the pill in super small placebo. Oh, (laughs) no. Yeah, it's like it's like Spanish fly type thing oh, situation. Wow. Barney goat weed. I, I laughed so hard knowing <laughs> that this poor guy has been like sticking oh. up his butt. And- <laughs> I like that he's so comfortable with the staff that he tells them he's doing that. Oh, dude, they get so comfortable with you. Like, yeah, at first they're because uh, you know we were half a video store, half a sex shop. Uh, the sex shop people were a little less comfortable, but the video store people tend to be the same ones coming over and over and at a certain point they're like you know whatever but then it becomes from whatever to well this is probably the only person i could talk to about this right it's not like they can talk to their spouse in a lot of cases or their kids or their parents or their friends you know it's like hey i rented you know uh anal fuck ladies 28 (laughs) so um yeah so they become really comfortable with you almost like a bartender it's weird it's it's a little but you get used to it you get so numb to it it's like anything yeah Yeah, part 28 is really good <laughs> yeah yeah um, but you should see her in 26 <laughs> <laughs> that, that is like a really cool idea for a reality show yeah like, I know. like a pawn stars but porn shop i, I always wish they yeah. did like clerks but yeah, yeah I, I have so many stories of things that happen that it's just it's crazy it's a crazy world <laughs> yeah, you got anything oh, todd i do um all right this is my another horror world tour and this time i went to venezuela where they had a zombie movie called infection which is currently on tubi i love zombie movies uh, there's no mystery there uh, this is really cool though there's a lot of social things happening in venezuela right now like the government shits on their their people right took all their money away stuff like that so you go in the supermarkets they have like chicken nuggets for ch- chicken you know so it sucks um but these guys put politics in their movie which is a dangerous thing in some countries like venezuela so you know power all my hats off to them power to them uh as for the movie there's nothing new um i think that tends to be like the norm with smaller countries that don't have a lot of experience in film they see like you know whether it's a u.s or italian or whatever it is a larger market film and they kind of you know copy a lot from that so you don't tend to see anything new happening however the production value was really good 
Um, acting was awesome and the country is beautiful. So I really like seeing that. Um, and the gore, when it was there, it was good, but there wasn't enough of it. So you can tell that was kind of like a, a weak point in their story. Uh, maybe they don't have a, like, you know, a large robust effects world over there. Maybe that's the reason. But overall, it's worth it if you're a, a zombie hound uh, over on Tubi. Infected. No, infection. Sorry. Cool. Uh, my first one is a 2021 film I watched over on Shudder, and it's called The Boy Behind the Door. So in this one, uh, two boys who are best friends get kidnapped and brought to a mysterious house. And uh, they put them in the back of the car, and then they take one of the boys out uh, and then bring him to the house and start doing stuff to him. Meanwhile, uh, the boy that's still in the trunk, he manages to escape and he decides to run away. But then he hears his friend screaming from inside the house. So he decides he can't leave his, his best friend behind. So he goes back to the house to try to save his friend. Uh, this story takes place pretty much all in the house. It's about uh, this boy that's trying to, you know, save his friend. And uh, it's, a, it's a pretty fucked up movie, I got to say. So the things that, without spoiling too much, uh, you find out pretty quick that uh, a person is holding these boys captive to sell them to other men. And, um, you know, essentially, uh, it's like a pedophile ring or a, a thing like that. So they bring these people in, they give them a timer. And they do what they want with them for two hours and then they leave, they get paid and the cycle continues. And uh, it's about this. And it's just a really, it's actually a really good film. Like it's, it's tough to watch. It's really tough to watch because of the subject matter, but the kids are very good actors. Uh, there's a couple of twists and turns that I didn't necessarily see coming. And it's a lot of basically the, the, the main kid who is like free, just, trying to outsmart the uh, captors and everything like that. So uh, I would recommend it if you like kind of really tense movies and, uh, you know, with twists and turns. Uh, Todd, I don't know if you should watch it necessarily. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound like it be my... Yeah, because it, it does two things that you don't like. One, it's about kids, like, getting hurt. And two, it, it has a really, like, blatant political uh, point in it that, may, like, you didn't need. Like, it's just... They put it there just to put it there and i you know i don't really care it's not my politics but i thought it was unnecessary but anyway it's just like these little things i know you don't like uh, when they insert stuff for the sake of inserting stuff but especially the kids it's just tough to watch but if you can get but you know like get past they don't show anything it's all like implied um but still it's the kids did a great job and yeah i, re I still recommend you watch, well people watch it because there is a lot good here uh, it's just like it's a tough subject matter. So that's uh, the boy behind the door on Shutter. Joe, I'm back. I'm back, <laughs> I'm back everyone. <laughs> what you've been watching? You're just in time for your first round. Oh, wonderful. Uh, so I watched a 2021 release called Sensor. Um, I had been hearing a lot of good stuff about this one. Uh, so been wanting to check it out. So I uh, finally was able to check it out. Uh, and this one is about a uh, woman named Enid who um, she is a film censor in uh, Britain uh, during the Video Nasties era. So she watches a lot of, you know, uh, crazy-ass horror movies and decides whether they should be allowed or whether they should be banned or what rating she should do. Um, and she comes across a film one day 
that is very similar to um, a incident that happened to her as a child. So what we come to find out is that when she was a child, her sister has uh, went missing and they never found her. Uh, and basically when she watches this movie, it's basically almost like a scene for scene recreation of uh, what happened to her and her sister out uh, in the woods when they were children. So she basically becomes obsessed um, with this movie, goes looking for uh, the director and whatnot. And I'll leave it at that. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. It is easily in my top 10, probably my top five right now. Um, just a, a fantastic horror movie, really original. Um, I was really impressed because it's also a first time director as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it was very refreshing considering, uh, for me personally, I don't think this year has been all that great, um, for horror movies. And this was a nice, uh, breath of fresh air for me. So I, I definitely recommend it. I, I will say it's it's definitely a Joe movie. If you know what, if you catch my drift, I think a lot of you. How many will, ghosts huh? does it have? Especially our longtime listeners, um, it has no ghosts, oh, but it's very. Um, I guess it's it's art housey for sure, but I don't think it, it's over the top art house. Where I think even you know any horror fan could learn to appreciate this one. Um, but it's cool. It, it's really good. So I, I definitely recommend people checking it out. I missed the title. What was that? Uh, Censor. And where was it streaming? Uh, it's VOD. I don't believe Censor. it's streaming it. free anywhere, um, but I can check for you. It's three ninety nine on Prime right now, and I think it's worth the price. Of yeah, that's a great price. It's a lot better. Yeah. When, I hate when they keep doing nineteen ninety nine movies and like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's only for like the big theater releases right now. I know Candyman just dropped for like twenty bucks, and I'm sure Halloween's going to do the same thing. Is Halloween going to be free? Do we know uh, yet? It's free on Peacock. Oh, Peacock. Okay. Ooh, I'm cool. going to get a free trial of Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> Sam and I actually have a, get a free year of Peacock thanks to uh, Xfinity. So nice. Yeah. And uh, Joe, you, you missed it, but I watched a movie called The Boy Behind the Door on Shutter. Yeah, uh, I caught it at the end. Okay. Yeah. I, I think you would like it. Uh, okay. it, it. It's It gave me a little bit of Tigers Are Not Afraid vibes. Ooh, okay. Like, the kids in it are pretty good at what they do so Very cool. um yeah it's 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 a tough to watch because of the subject matter it's about like uh child abuse but the it, let's just say the people get their due so okay <laughs> in some ways yeah, very so. cool i'll add it to my list and did sam talk any american horror story yeah, yet yeah she, she uh, did she, she told us it's actually good so we're uh yeah i was i was i wanted to jump in and just say i think it was the, probably the best episode of the of the season so far and there's next week's the finale so we'll see we'll see how it all comes to a conclusion yeah maybe this is you know six episodes it's about six episodes right uh, their season yeah. so that's maybe their sweet spot right and we'll see how the alien story right. goes after this one so right, right uh sam you got anything else um i don't think so okay todd i do um you know, I tend to do like those Indiegogo things where you like you, you know, give them 20 bucks for filmmakers to make the movies and you get like a perk or whatever. So see you smiling because we have a nice one coming up. Um, but I finally got my perk for Never Hike in the Snow. I know Joe saw this last year, I believe. Um, it's a sequel to Never Hike Alone, a Friday 13th fan film, which has a very decent budget. Uh, Jason looks great. Um, and this one is set in the snow, which a lot of Jason fans have been pining over for years. And uh, I liked it a lot, man. And I'm just bummed out that it's so short. It's like 34 minutes, I think. And I'm really into it. And then it ends. I'm like, ah. Um, 
but I mean, production value is great. You got Tom Matthews who played Tommy Jarvis in uh, Park Six. He's back. Um, he's great, and I just. I love it, man. I really want a Jason movie. They need to fucking figure out the legal shit already because there's so much good storytelling left for Jason and it just sucks to hear them squabbling over who owns rights and sound and names and bullshit like that. So Never Hike in the Snow is really good. Um, Yeah, that's all I got. All right. So I'm going to do a double feature for my last one because quite honestly, they're basically the same movie uh, just spread over two years. So I watched uh, 2015 and 2016's Lava Lantula and Two Lava Two Lantula, uh, its sequel, which I found over on Amazon Prime. So set in the world of Sharknado, and I'm not even kidding you because they uh, cross path at some point. Um, a bunch of like tarantulas start coming out of uh, the ground uh, with uh, like <laughs> lava and stuff like that, and they start attacking the town. And of course, uh, this is in Los Angeles. And of course, the only person who can, you know, save the day is this has-been action star uh, that, you know, fought creatures like this in movies he had done. So he becomes uh, kind of the hero of the story. Uh, And he's played by Steve Gutenberg. So you know what kind of fucking film this is going to be. And his partner in crime is um, Winslow from the Police Academy movies. (laughs) So it's just... A fucking crazy, silly, really stupid movie. But I gotta say, it was kind of fun to watch, you know? Uh, they really know what they are. Like, there's no illusions of this being, like, some big budget, uh, you know, uh, horror film. So they have a lot of fun with it. There are some good laughs that... But it's not funny, like, haha, funny. It's funny, this is so stupid that it's kind of funny, funny, you know? And it's just... Yeah, I had, a, I had a good time. You know, it's a really along the same veins as Sharknado. Just uh, so crazy that it's kind of funny. Uh, the first one is a little bit better than the second. But uh, still, if you have, you know, time to kill and you want to watch something really stupid or you want to drink or something, uh, Lava Lantula and Two Lava, Two Lantula could be the films for you. Yes. What you got, Joe? Uh, all right, I guess uh, my last one is that Steve can jump in on to our interview tonight with uh, directors Chris Bayrudy and Connor Martin. Um, but yeah, so this one is titled Shelter in Place. Uh, I'll read the IMDb. Uh, when a global pandemic limits the possibility of travel, a honeymooning couple gets stranded at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel, where a skeleton staff of two employees tend to them. When tensions escalate amidst amidst a forced lockdown, it becomes apparent there is more to fear at the storied hotel than just cabin fever. Um, So yeah, I mean, uh, that basically sums it up pretty well. Of course, for those of you who don't know, uh, the Roosevelt Hotel is, of course, a very famous haunted hotel in California. Uh, You may have known it uh, best for the uh, Lisa Lamb. Is that her name? I believe. Lisa Lamb, yeah. Yeah, the Lisa Lamb case um, that we actually discussed because we did uh, a documentary. We talked about on what watched a few months back, but uh, yeah, a real true uh, crime case that happened there. Uh, It was also featured very prominently in American Horror Story uh, Hotel. So yeah, it has a quite um, storied past and uh, it this movie takes place during it of course they used uh the pandemic uh so 
yeah. So, you know, this movie, I think, starts really well. Like, it has a really interesting prem- premise, obviously, like, with the couple being stranded there due to uh, the pandemic and not being able to travel. And uh, yeah, like it's, it starts really well. Like it, it's very like mysterious and you definitely get the feeling I was getting like, um, you know, shining vibes sort of at the beginning, just like, cause literally like there's just two stat, like this is a very, very micro budget, tiny cast movie. Um, so, you know, I, you kind of get to know what you're getting into with this one. Um, but, you know, I think it's, like, pretty well acted and stuff. And the first two acts, like, I was, like, on board with it. Like, I was, like, interested. Um, and then, to me, it it kind of falls apart uh, in the third act. And, I, I mean, Steve and I kind of discussed this offline, and I think he feels um, pretty much the same as me. But, um, yeah, it's just, like, I felt like they just didn't know how they wanted to end it. And uh, it just, the ending was not for me. But I will say, like, I, the interview, like, made me um respect this movie more because like i had learned in the interview you'll learn that they literally like was contacted by they actually filmed this at the roosevelt hotel too which i had no idea until the interview and i mean literally the hotel contacted them and they were like hey like you know we're vacant due to the pandemic do you guys want to film a movie like here and literally they were like obviously like a great opportunity for um, you know, indie directors to do that. So literally they wrote the script, got actors and filmed it all in like a two week period. So, I mean, that is pretty amazing um, in and of itself. So, I mean, if you're into like micro budget movies, um, you know, this one's, it's okay. Yeah. I, I agree with a lot of what Joe said. Um, you know, the, it did give me some shining vibes in the first uh, two acts because you know, they're kind of going create stir crazy from being stuck in the hotel. And uh, there's this like slowly unveiling mystery throughout the film. Uh, like early on in the film, uh, the girl's in bed and she sees this like dark figure in the rafters with red eyes. And you're like, oh shit, what is that? And then she looks back and it's not there. And it's just like, it's like unraveling this really kind of creepy story going on. And you're trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, the two employees who are still there for whatever reason, I don't understand why they're still there, but, uh, and still serving those assholes. Um, they, they, they act like really weird, like almost like they're, they don't really talk to each other. Like they're in the same room together and they're working, but they're kind of just crisscrossing, not talking. And the, um, the female like attendant is particularly super weird. And it's just interesting to see where they're going. I was really into it, but there's a point in the film when it hurts the third act, it's just like, just completely crashes and it's like what the fuck was this <laughs> like the the mystery just just doesn't work i they really i think uh dropped the ball unfortunately because it i guess my expectations were getting high because they were doing such a great job of unraveling the mystery but when we found out what it was it just kind of killed the film for me however i still liked it you know i still gave it i think two stars out of five on letterbox because the first two thirds were actually really interesting and i was really into it and couldn't wait to find out what was going on it's just unfortunately uh they didn't stick the landing on this one so still uh having heard the interview i wasn't on the interview it was my birthday when it was uh recorded but i edited already and uh it's a really great interview and you guys should check it out because there's a lot of interesting stuff that they say during that interview very cool and i know the world asked for um this movie to be made and me and steve dug in our pockets whipped out the checkbooks and are producing (laughs) shark exorcist part two 
2022. <laughs> and we're not even joking. We are actually both producers on Shark Exorcist too. That is amazing. That is you can do amazing. too. I mean, maybe should do I want to though? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Joe needs to buy a new computer. So yeah, that's okay. I know, yeah, right? Yeah. I, mean, I, I think I need a new computer before I go and produce Shark Exorcist too. Um, uh, coming so. to a two B near you, I'd imagine in 2022. <laughs> All I'm right. Excited. Now I'm excited for it. I'm this, seriously this, excited. This is the only way I would have been excited for this movie is to like produce it myself. <laughs> so yeah, it's are gonna you guys be a, gonna? So you guys gonna get a producer credit and everything? You, you get a credit and you're on like the credits on the movie like it's producer. That's yeah. amazing. Um, I also forgot to mention at Texas Frightmare, I met a uh, filmmaker uh, who gave me a copy of his movie called Dick Nato, and I literally I left it at the hotel i'm so bummed so i'm not gonna be able to watch it but the cleaning crew um, is like what the fuck <laughs> right he was like i'll give you dick nato uh for free and if you want dick shark that will be 10 bucks so i was like i'll just take dick nato for free um but you know. up, Joe. You help out. <laughs> no because like the guy some guy was we were uh out everyone was outside like after the con and someone was like dude if you want a copy of dick nato the guy's giving him for free over there i'm like okay so i walked over and i grabbed a uh, copy of uh, dick nato but unfortunately it was left so yeah, but you know speak- if, if, if anyone has a copy <laughs> of dick nato feel free to mail it to me thank you <laughs> uh speaking of frightmare so uh we got an email from someone who found one of the cards that joe left yes <laughs> like all over the place and actually sent us, sent us his movie Yep. Uh, as a screener and it'll be on my watch next week i watched it uh this awesome. past week and uh for a micro budget film it was surprising so that's all i'll okay. leave it at but nice. it's it's under i guess it's under embargo i'm not actually sure uh <laughs> he didn't he didn't specify it but it comes out october 1st so i'll talk about it next week very cool, cool. That's exciting. Looking forward to. Yeah. and just uh for everyone wondering uh the reason we didn't do a question period is uh, we're going to keep it for the end because they're like 90 percent malignant related so when one of us didn't watch the movie <laughs> todd uh, otter i tried you're letting the you're letting the fans down the uh, listeners down yeah. here todd but i think i called the plot so i'll wait to watch this if i was right or not yeah. um, did, did you though <laughs> i did i would say, I would say I totally 80%. um <laughs> before we head to um Pound the down. uh trivia portion i i did want to mention i wanted to mention this before my computer completely shit the bed which you know new computer will be coming i think next week maybe we'll see we'll see about this i am working some overtime uh i've been working overtime so i think i'll be able to go get a new laptop for all you beautiful listeners out there so todd steve and sam don't want to kill me um, cause I could see all their faces right now and I, I can just feel the, the eyes raining down on me, but I, I do want to, I, I did want to mention this, um, uh, the, the sign, signing with Damien Maffei, uh, I was went out uh, this weekend and, uh, hung a bunch of posters and stuff like that in town. Um, so, uh, you know, if uh, you do want to come, it is October 16th, Saturday, October 16th. He will be signing at Silver Moon Comics. For those of you who don't know who Damien Maffei is, he played uh, the stranger uh, in the Strangers play at Pray at Night as the man in the mask and also uh, the devil in Haunt. Um, uh, those were his two biggest roles. And he's doing some other stuff coming up. But he was also in 2021's Wrong Turn. But he's doing a signing at Silver Moon Comics and Collectibles in Salem, Massachusetts, October 16th. Sam and I We'll be there as well with uh, Har Squad Table. We got we're gonna have stickers and some merch and stuff like that to give out. So please come and visit. Um, we will also be hosting a Q and A 
um, at Cinema Salem uh, that same night at 8 p.m. where they will be doing a screening of Haunt um, with Damien. Uh, so definitely uh, stick around for that as well. Um, we also have a few other local businesses involved, including uh, Speak Easy Donuts is doing a Damien Maffei donut box where she will be making the characters of the man in the mask and the devil. Um, she has titled it the Horror Squad po- uh, Podcast Donut Box. So you can go on speakeasydonuts.com and pick that up as well. And tickets for the screening are available at cinemasalem.com. So yeah, hope to see some of uh, the listeners out there. And if you can't make it, just help spread the word um, for the event. So thank you so much. Good job, guys. That'd be fun. Yes. I wish I wish Todd and Steve could make it out, but unfortunately not. But hopefully soon enough, we'll, we'll get full Voltron and all four of us can be together for something. <laughs> Powerful. <laughs> all right. Trivia. So Joe had a point reduced because he did not answer sufficiently to the the uh, Discord. So thank you for all the Discorders out there. Um, and this Bullshit. is game. Ah, you're wrong, fool. This is game number 36. And Steve is commanding first place with 87. Myself, 86. Second place, Joe. Third place, 85. Sam, 61. Who's having a fucking comeback? You didn't. I heard you. Woo woo. There you go. I heard it in my mind, even though I didn't hear it. For I could hear it in the next room. So. <laughs> all right. So Sam, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Joe, are you ready? I am so ready now that I had a point just absolutely <laughs> stolen from me. They're trying, the man is trying to keep me down, but I am going to bring it back up. Okay. Big what words. was the point? Um, uh, it was Kayla uh, messaged in the discord saying uh, her question she gave, I think it was to Steve about uh, killer redneck zombies or something like that from yes. cabin in the woods. I just said zombies. Kayla said it wasn't specific enough. So she broke my heart and took a point away from me. Add a girl, Kayla. <laughs> Get him. Steve, are you yeah. ready? Yep, I'm ready. All right. This is from Kayla. Hmm. In Interview with the Vampire, how old is Louie? At uh, what point of the film? <laughs> um, the end. Uh, 250. 250 is on the board. Are you going closest? Or are you... I'm go- I- well, it depends on what the answers are. <laughs> if it's like I don't even know place. who that is. Louis Brad Pitt. Oh, All right. Shit. Right. The stats is the other one. Oh yeah, he's definitely not two fifty. One thousand. One thousands on the board. I'll take a second why. guess after because. Uh... <laughs> All right, Sam. Mm, I don't know any of the other characters, so it's hard to give it a reference. Can I? Can I reguess? Yes. I'll allow it. Do. I'll allow it. Yeah. Uh, he was. Let's say one twenty. All right. No one Wait, gets I get to guess, oh. Todd. Well, you're, damn it. Okay, go, Sam. I thought you I thought you conceded to Steve there, but go. Have you seen Interview oh. with the Vampire, Sam? Nope. Really? I'm going to say... It's got man meat in it. Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt. What's wrong with you? But I'm going to say <laughs> <What>? 135. <laughs> 135. Everyone is incorrect. The correct answer is 200. Mr. Louie. Steve would have been close. Yeah, it was a little bit all it was, over it was, it, was, it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, I'll go. This is also from Kayla. Actually, they're Kayla. all going to be from Kayla for me tonight. So thank you very much, Kayla. This 2012 horror comedy is about a clown who dies tragically at a 10-year-old boy's birthday party and waits six years. <gasps> I know years. this one. You can say it anytime. I know. Wait six years to exactly. Stitches. That's right. Yes, <laughs> finally. I'm, I was going to fucking yeah, hurt myself. By that. I you. remember that. Yeah, that was, that was all right. 
I liked it a lot. I liked it. Yeah, hell yeah. It's, it's all right. Shut Never up, Joe. Right. Dick shark, get out of here. <laughs> Dick Nato. <laughs> Dick Nato, there you go. <laughs> all righty. All right. Want me to go, Sam, out. or you? Um, you can go ahead and go. Okay. Uh, all my questions tonight come from Kayla. Kayla. The popularity of what dog breed increased after the release of the Omen? Rottweiler. That is correct. Omen. Yeah, boy. Fine, Todd. I don't know why they fucking are you. Todd's evil, on but... a roll. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sammy. Samsonite. All righty. This is a James Wan question for Ooh, you. Oh, James Wan, my man. <laughs> when was James Wan born? Oh, when? Sweet. Yep. Or where? So you, want the year? you want the year? I want a month, a date. Oh, God. In the year. Oh, February 26, 1977. Shut the fuck up, Todd. <laughs> I, wish, I wish. Can I share my screen in this? Yeah. Uh, well, can no I one's going to see it. <laughs> no, that's true. No, we're not. Well, I have, I have the, uh, the fucking movie open with oh, okay. <laughs> Fine. rookie mistake, Sam. Well, I didn't think you were going to be. Paying attention since you didn't uh, watch the movie, he shouldn't get right. a point if he's I, reading the answer. That's not my fault. You have that's, I'm not googling that it. That is up still on my cheating. Screen. No, that's How's what it? you guys all do though, especially for Joe's questions because he does it themed, I'm so everyone knows so to have all the facts laid <laughs> out. All right, like, I'm I'm putting this one on the uh, protest. Host disabled participant. <laughs> we'll we'll Discord. Uh, I want the Discord. I'm taking a picture on this one. If I'm, I'm not getting, you guys do zombies. No, we don't. I've never done this. Steve does. All right. I have my notes from I took myself in the movie. Yeah, I take notes. Well, yeah, that's the same, same thing. How's that the yeah. same thing? That's not the same thing. He was literally had the screen up. So, like, I could see if, like, well, he looked at it earlier. Look at, look at my picture. <laughs> that's like for picture. notes, though. That's for notes, exactly. Mm, all right. Okay. We'll go with it. Yeah. I guess. I guess. If I lose by a point at the end of the year, though, Joe, I'm... just well, you lost you by like needs... twenty last year, homie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joe needs to worry less about that and worry about how shitty his quality <laughs> is compared to all of ours on the photo. Man, who's turning? You, you, Joe looks like Gabriel in that photo. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it's back to me, I believe. All right. Don't get mad because I'm resourceful. Mm. <laughs> it's not typing. If I was typing, yes, yeah, cheating. But we'll go to Discord for this. But I need to put my picture as evidence in my defense. All right. Um, from actually, I'm gonna use one of mine right now. Okay. What is the best-selling horror book of all time? It. It is on the board. That's a good one. I guess that's the Exorcist. It. Exorcist is on the board. Um, I'm gonna say Carrie. Carrie's on the board. So Sam's and Steve's are both on the top ten. Ooh. However, it is incorrect. Frankenstein and Dracula ah, that are cited as being the best yeah. song of all time. That all right, so sense. Steve, a point for me and Steve. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, is it, yeah. is it? Oh. See, it would have been suspicious if she said, oh, no, I have the book selling records up on my computer right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Sam, for defending me. <laughs> Right. I just want to knock $10 off when we pay you at the end of the year, okay? <laughs> Talk about, we'll start with $2. We'll <laughs> uh, still from Kayla. Kayla. What care does Zeke, played by Josh Hartnett, drive in the faculty? What car? Oh. Sorry. Camaro. No. Um, a Nova? No. A Firebird. Oh, that's a good guess. Close, no. but no. Thunderbird. No. Shit. 
Is there a bird in the title? <laughs> no. Let's see, we got classic cars, right? I think, was it red or was it black? Mm, I think I it was remember. black. I don't remember. A charger. I don't know. Right. You guys go up? Yeah. Uh, yes. It was a 1970 Pontiac GTO. Oh, uh, okay. I would have uh, just taken Pontiac GTO. But... I wouldn't have guessed that anyway. All right, my turn. Tagline. Oh, uh, you were right to be afraid of the dark. Don't breathe. Incorrect. I will say it is a movie that came out within the last 10 years, I think. 10 or 15. Probably 10 years, yeah. You were right to be afraid of the dark. That is correct. Thank you. Point goes to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say, are you afraid of the dark? Because that's like an obvious can, can I Can I get one more? To yeah. Once Sam yeah. answers. Sure. Or Todd. I can't you, think of the one of that the it is. Um, I guess Matt's wrong. Yeah. Just ignoring me. Because I got the point right. He's mad. It's like dark <laughs> something. Dark night. No. Uh, no. Lights out. Lights out is correct. Uh, <laughs> that's the one the short was originally, yeah, right? Yeah. Too. And I thought the short mm, was better so than good. the movie. Yeah. yeah a little creepy kind of old lady looking thing. Yeah. It was, but I kind of liked the movie. It was okay. Yeah. Sorry. All right, Sam. All righty. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Who got that point? I did. You did. I gave it to Sam on accident. Looking out for Sam. You can give it to her. Steve's got it. All right. This question comes from Kayla. Kayla. I was worried because I didn't get a notification. All of you guys are reading Kayla's question. So I said, oh, no, what if she left me out? But she came through. You know what, Sam? I didn't have a notification either. And I looked and she had sent me a message today. I know. She was like. She's yeah. like trivia if you need. And I'm like, yep. girl, I always need yeah. trivia. <laughs> All right. Um well, let me make sure my James Wan tab's open. Okay. All right. Ready? <laughs> All right. John Carpenter refused to go to the premiere of what movie because of superstition. Oh. He said, when I go to premiere, something bad always happens. Is it his movie? Because he said superstition, so who cares if he if it's another one person movie? I'm going to say the thing. I'm go. No, he would have went to that one. We got the thing on the board. Wow, it means I'm wrong. I'll, no, I'll I always do on the board. Yeah. I don't give you guys All the right. answer right away. Because I want to know what you guys want to guess. They live. All right. We got they live on the board. Assault on Precinct 13. That's going to be a no, guys. It's Christine. Uh, all right. It's a good one, man. All right. All right. That's a real good one. It's a great one. All right. I think it's back to me. Yep. And we reviewed it we on did. this podcast, episode 170 something, I believe. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm worried this one's geared towards a certain person, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> From Ooh. Kayla. How much were the three main stars of the Blair Witch Project paid initially? Ooh. Like first off the bat, how much were they paid? I feel like Joe should know uh, a this thousand right each. off the top. Steven, coming through with the answer. Very nice. Damn. <laughs> I talk too much. <laughs> I, I remember that from uh, the documentary. Um, all right. Last one, still from Kayla, of course. Tagline, your favorite. Oh, no. <laughs> we are our own worst enemy. Us. Yeah, that's right. Oh, oh, job. that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> good job. Sam. Nice. Very nice. Job. nice. <laughs> Celebration. 
Back to me. All right. Chronologically, Friday the 13th, parts two, three, and four take place over the course of five days. From Friday the 13th to Tuesday (laughs) the 17th. During that time, Jason kills how many people? 44 people. Close. 43. win. Yeah, 44 that's my final 44 on the board 43 on the board um so i'll I'll repeat chronologically friday 13th parts two three and four take place over the course of five days during that time jason kills how many people so pod you said 44 yeah Yeah, 43 43. okay i will go you said closest closest wins i'll go 42 steve gets it 42 the correct was answer 42? is 34. Oh, oh I was off by 10. Oh. And it was something like that. All right, Sam. Shit. Last one. All righty. I might have a bonus for you guys. Bonus. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All okay. right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to learn today. All right. One of the Plymouth... Furies, is that how it's pronounced? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Let me start over. Christine. Yes. <laughs> One of, listen. <laughs> One of the Plymouth Furies used in Christine sold in 2004 mm-hmm. for how much? The closest wins. Let's go 300K. We got 300K. Mm. It's probably more than that. Yeah. That's it really I'm going to go 75. 75, yeah, 75. 300. And I am going to say 69. 250. <laughs> Bitch ass. Okay. Uh, I think Joe's the closest. It was 167,000. I would say that that's probably closest. Yes. See, I know my math, guys. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Joe with the point. I needed that. I needed I, to not go. S- I got I got a bonus for you guys. Boner. Uh, boner bonus. Okay. Malignant. Really, really though. All right. <laughs> Tagline. Malignant. Tagline ready? Yes. First one gets the point. Hunt or be hunted. The hunt. No. Darn. Hunt or be hunted. Editor? No. Uh the purge. No. Come on. Oh wait 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 wait! We all went around. I'll give you guys one more guess. Can you give us a decade? A decade? Yes. Uh, This decade. This decade. Okay. Um, the Belco experiment. Yes. All right, I'm gonna say one line from the movie (laughs) to give you. It's not from this movie, but it'll. Oh, the strangers spray at night. Damn it! (laughs) Ready? Here it goes. Can I keep you? Hunter Hunter. Good job, Steve. Oh, All right. <laughs> I never saw that. It's from Casper, but I figured seven saw it. Hunter Hunter? No. You got to talk. Oh, you got it. It's a good one, man. It's one Todd, of the better ones from watch last year. It. I don't like Devin Saw. He scares me. He's no, not in it that much, actually. Yeah, you'll love it. He's too he's too he's crazy. he's only in it for maybe like the first like 25 minutes, half hour, and then he disappears. All right. Sam, uh, nope. <clears throat> Steve with comeback night, four points. Joe, one. Sam, one. Myself, three. Steve uh, remains in first place, 91. Myself, second, 89. Joe, 86. Sam, 62. That okay. concludes game number 36. Thank you very much. I found the X factor for myself. 
the last two the last two weeks i didn't drink anything and oh. this week i got oh, i grabbed no. a beer so all right okay. that's <laughs> so true the, you didn't you did zero and two before so that the beer zero, slowed you down no the beers here brought and, them yeah, the beer brings me back oh, all right <laughs> this is elixir yeah. Yes. <laughs> all right well you guys are gonna talk about malignant i will hop off because i didn't get a chance to watch it i apologize so enjoy and i appreciate all listeners thank you fine <laughs> okay shall we bye bye, bye todd. todd we'll miss you all righty folks so i'll be taking over for todd so you can call me toe for now uh so we are doing 2021's malignant directed by james wan imdb synopsis madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are in fact terrifying realities um so yeah um so quick little plot synopsis uh to go with here um so yeah we uh open up with um our main character um mad well actually we open up uh in this crazy hospital scene where this uh thing is just wreaking havoc on a hospital um a la it's just like very uh like crazy in a lot of ways um very campy uh opening scene um and then bang we're flash forward this was takes place in 1993 bang we're flash forward to present day where we meet our main character um madison who is living with her abusive very abusive uh boyfriend who um ends up uh you know basically uh beating her essentially and um she ends up locking herself in the room and bang, he is found uh, dead the next day. Um, and we are sent down a rabbit hole of just craziness from there. Um, I really don't want to give anything away. Cause I feel like the less, you know, about this movie, probably the better, but we are definitely going to be spoiling this movie tonight. Cause you really have to spoil this too. Um, you know, uh, discuss it. So if you have not listened, if you have not watched Malignant yet, I definitely recommend um, shutting off now and coming back after you watched it. But all right, let's get started. Um, Steve, why don't you start us off tonight? What'd you think? Um, so I didn't know quite what to expect. And I gave a rant last week as to why I didn't want to watch it. But listeners wanted to hear us review it. So I decided to check it out anyway. So all I got to say is, wow. This was an experience of a movie. I mean, this movie is all over the place in terms of what type, like what subgenre of horror this is. It's like it touches all these different subgenres of horror where mixed together, it almost becomes a love letter to horror in a lot of ways. And I think uh, there were a lot of predictable moments in it. And uh, some of the CGI was spotty at times particularly for some reason of all things when they'd shoot and they'd miss when there would be like uh damage on like a column or on the wall that was so obviously cgi'd in that it kind of hurt my eyes a little bit but outside of those two uh things i fucking love this movie like i just had such a fun time watching this i was really into the mystery at first even though i kind of knew what the twist would be and when the movie like switches gear in the last act 
it just becomes so batshit crazy that I was just all over it. I just fucking love this movie. And this was a huge surprise for me. I came out with a very high opinion of this film and I can't wait to discuss kind of the finer points of how I got there. So what'd you guys think? I agree with you about it being a love letter to horror. I felt like, I don't know. I felt I got like a lot of um, like thriller vibes from it. I also felt like I was kind of watching The Grudge. I felt like I was watching like a ghost like a, some kind of ghost film. It was all over the place, but I actually did like it. Um, I felt like it has some charm to it for sure. Uh, yeah, so I I mean, I really didn't know what to expect with this movie. Like after watching the trailer, um, I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like it looked like okay. And then when this movie released, like I saw a very polarizing thoughts one way or the other about this movie online um which after watching it i i can totally understand um this movie is is pretty uh bonkers like it it is like it goes um completely off the rails um in the third act in the most in the most beautiful way possible like this movie um is like i ended up loving this movie i really did um you know, because I was like on board, like the, for like the two thirds. I'm like, because like obviously they're building up to this like mystery of, you know, and I had like ideas of what was going to happen, which I was not prepared for the twist when we got there. Like I thought it was going to go one way, and then it kind of went a completely different way. Uh, and when it happened, I was like, wow, I was like, that is bold. And at first, I was like, I don't know about this, but then it, you know, it went even more batshit crazy. And I, it, I was along for the ride. You're either going to be along for the ride with this one or you're not. It's, it's a total choice. And I completely went for the ride with it. I totally agree with you guys about the love letter. To me, it's a love letter to uh, campy B movies. And like, it, it reminded me of like a high budget trauma movie. That's what I said to Sam, like right after I watched it. Um, Cause it's just so fucking bizarre. Um, but like in just like all the best ways, like there's cheesy, there's campiness in it. And like, I would, yeah, like I just went along for the ride and I had a, I had a fucking great time with it. It, it, it and um, I could totally see people hating this though at the same time. Like, <laughs> so uh, yeah, but yeah, overall, I, I, I really, really dug it. This was really like, almost like James Wan doing like a swan, <laughs> like a swan song. Yeah. Like it, it was like part conjuring, part insidious, part saw, you know, it's just, it was so, you're right. It's just so all over the place. And tonally it's like, some people might perceive it as it doesn't know what it wants to do, but I just perceived it as here. I'm going to show you how much I love horror. I'm just going to give you elements of all the stuff you love and just give it all you know all of it and sounds right it was like grudge and you had some ghosty moments where you thought maybe this is some kind of ghost attacking or demon or something and then you have some really cool body horror you know which is something james wan didn't touch on as much in uh, his other films which that was super cool and then it just goes batshit like <laughs> slasher you know by the end and it's just uh yeah i i think we should get to the point now uh if you're still listening that we're gonna start spoiling like specifically what happens uh so if you haven't watched the movie i re highly recommend you stop now and come back later because we'll start spoiling it so uh sam at what point did you figure out the twist if you did before the reveal um so i i kind of 
I don't know. I just could tell from the very beginning, like when she got out of her car. Um, and then I think, I don't know, just right at the beginning, really. I was like, well, she's probably, but I had two theories. I was like, I feel like she's probably a daughter of someone who, of Gabriel. I was like, she's a daughter of Gabriel. Um, but then I was like, she's adopted obviously and I was like that's her mom that's in the house and I was like they need to check in her own house like that's it or whatever um what about you guys I mean I didn't guess it like at all like I like had ideas like obviously I think the most obvious one people were probably thinking was that it was like she had like split personality right like like that's obviously I think what they kind of wanted you to go for Mm -hmm. um that's the way they were leaning towards you um and I mean she kind of (laughs) did but we weren't expecting uh the big big twist that we get um so yeah I mean I I did not figure this out I did not see the full twist um ever I I never caught on to it on my end I thought it was a split personality for the beginning. And then I thought maybe she had a conjoined twin somehow that came out of her body and then kind of did its own thing and then came back into her body somehow. But it wasn't until we got into the underground scene in Seattle, which by the way, had no fucking idea about that whole thing where Seattle is built on top of its old self, uh, which I checked online, which is all real, which I thought was fucking amazing. (laughs) Um, But when she was doing the chase scene in there, uh, the way that Gabriel was like slashing felt really like awkward, almost like it was doing it backwards. And I'm like, oh shit, maybe it's just her, but reverse. <laughs> and that's when I kind of kind of clued in to just because her movement really looked like she was stabbing from behind, kind of. So that's when I clued in. But um, it was still cool to see the reveal come in later. Uh, you know, when she comes comes out of the head and stuff. So right, it's wild. Yeah, yeah, so let's let's just get right into it. Let's talk about the reveal. So basically what we come to find out is um, Madison was, um, she was, of course, uh, we found out she, she, you know, was adopted and her, um, basically what happened was her mother was a 15-year-old um, girl who was uh, raped and she ends up uh, going to this hospital uh, to uh, give birth to um, Madison. And what we come to find out is that um, Madison had a twin, a twin that was completely attached to the back of her head, um, like full, like body though. Like you see, like it has like arms and shit. Like that. it's basically a conjoined twin, like Steve said, um, but just like that was like growing out of the back of her head. And basically they knew, you know, Madison would not be able to live like this normal life with uh this attached uh you know conjoined twin on her so they end up um scraping off as much of the conjoined twin as they possibly can um but obviously they couldn't fully remove it um because madison would not have survived the surgery so a little piece of gabriel is still basically inside of her brain basically um and basically can kind of like just come out um, of her skull uh, every once in a while to um, do these killings. Um, So yeah, I mean, a fucking really crazy reveal um, where they show uh, Madison as a child with, you know, this thing on the back of her head. So I I don't know. What what was your guys' uh, reaction to this big reveal? I loved it. I thought it looked cool. And also like he, Gabriel was dormant for the longest time, but she was in an abusive relationship and she ended up, 
I, it was an abusive marriage. She ended up losing, like she had three miscarriages and then she ended up losing the fourth one. And we find out that like Gabriel was just taking all of the like energy and nutrients. And that's why she kept losing these babies, but her and her husband got into a fight and he like slams her against the wall and she hits her head and starts bleeding. And so that's kind of what wakes Gabriel up and starts this whole disaster killing fest. Yeah, th- that reveal was just so cool. Um, just how it all worked together. And I fucking love the shot where you see Gabriel like with his little arms and legs coming out of her back. And like, it just, it's such a cool imagery and such a cool body horror. Uh, I really love that part. And I mean, you do have to suspend your disbelief a little bit here because obviously a head's coming out of her skull and <laughs> retracting itself, no problem. But I just, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just like kind of bought into it anyway. You know, it's just, it's just really cool. And the way that she, when Gabriel takes, takes over, kind of cracks her arms so that they can be kind of reverse so she can, you know, handle herself and the way that, you know, it walks like backwards and it's just, yeah, it was just such a cool reveal. And then, yeah, I, I was just totally into it. I'm like, okay, this is going to be crazy. And then mm-hmm. seeing Gabriel fight after is just so cool. Yeah. Uh, so I actually wasn't on board with the reveal at first. I was like, really? Like, how the fuck are they going to explain this away? But they actually did a pretty good job, like uh, explaining the surgery and stuff like that. Because I was like, wait a minute. Are we to believe this thing is on the back of her head still? Like, and no one fucking noticed? So I was like, get, get the fuck out of here. Um, but they, I mean, it was, it was pretty good writing, like pretty smart writing, the way they were able to handle it. Um but I was still like, I don't know. This is kind of goofy. I don't know. But the movie sold me when the next reveal happens, when she's in that fucking prison and she fucking rips the back of her head open and Gabriel reveals himself and goes fucking batshit crazy on all of the prisoners in the that cell. Scene. That scene is so fucking good. Probably the best scene in the movie um, for me anyway. I really, really loved that scene. Um, along with the next scene of her uh, at, with Gabriel at the police station with the police, even though I do agree, Steve, there was some spotty CGI going on in that scene, but there was like a really cool camera pan scene uh, in that uh, particular scene that really looked cool. Um very like actiony like style you know like was it like the top of the view and like gabriel kind of spins down like doing a kick or something it was no it was like this really weird like awkward wide angle sort Mm. of like view um like i think he probably learned it from the fast and the furious movies honestly like that's that's what it looked like yeah Yeah, that's what it looked like to me um and it just like worked because like the movie is just so like off the rails at that point um but like i said in the most beautiful way possible um so yeah i mean for me that is like the big big standouts in this movie i did have two questions so how can gabriel con like how can he mess with electricity and like telephones and stuff like that yeah, that's that's kind of the supernatural element to the to the movie. You know, it's this uh, Gabriel absorbing the other fetuses and becoming stronger. And we don't know like what necessarily happened in that surgery, where you know how they treated it. And I just took it as somehow all this combined made Gabriel like kind of super supernatural, uh, mm-hmm. rather than just a te- you know just a person that's attached to her head. 
Uh, and he's I mean, like such a trained hitman too. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Gabriel, like, what? How are you so good at karate killing these people, boy? Yeah. Like, where did the, you the, get the, your training yeah. from? Knows, like, <laughs> maybe Madison watched like a bunch of fucking John Wick, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> and he just absorbed all that knowledge throughout yeah. the years and uh, became a fucking kung fu master. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like like I said, you have to suspend your disbelief yeah. a lot yeah. in this movie yeah it's hard to go along no. with it though yeah exactly you just have to go along with it and just ignore like any sort of plot holes or anything with this one um which i could you know if you don't that's fine too i mean i could this is one i can see why people are not favoring this one but but i, I think if like, you I think no, if you go in being like a James Wan fan and appreciating all of the work that he's done i think it's easy for people to digest and enjoy but if you're just looking for like another scary movie like same old same you're not gonna like it see i actually think the opposite um i think if you're a james wan fan you're gonna be surprised with this one because this is the completely different like but i mean it has like all of his things that he likes to do though like i think you'll like it if you're his a fan in a way like obviously like the violence like brings you back to like saw (laughs) in a way no i mean because i think the violence brings you back to saw but like he hasn't this is a bold choice for him like right like he hasn't done anything campy like this ever like you know he did saw which you know was torture porn but it wasn't really campy and then he did the conjuring movies um which had really not much camping at all i mean they were just basic ghost stories so i think this was a really um i think this was a risk for him and for me it, it worked i i thought it was great i thought it was original I'm, and i hope i would love to see more stuff like this from him i think dead silence was probably his campiest film yeah um, because it had like the whole tongue thing and it had mm-hmm. like definitely some camp in it uh but yeah you're right it's you know it was a new venture for james wan and that you know we're gonna get the question soon um it's just proving that james wan man he's got to be in the conversation at this point as far as best horror directors ever i mean i you know with between a saw insidious conjuring uh dead silence this it's he's really making a name for himself and he's one of you know the i think he's for for kids like when we were growing up we had carpenter and romero and uh you know people like that for people that are growing up into horror now i think this is going to be their obvious you know a kind of master along with maybe peel right so it's uh yeah he's he's great man mm-hmm. one thing we didn't really delve on too much is the uh police characters uh, what, what did you guys think of them i think they were necessary to keep the movie like moving along mm-hmm. um like it just kind of they a lot of the reveals happened because the police were kind of involved in some way so i think that's it was fine you know it didn't bother me uh, sometimes some of the police stuff i find is unnecessary to the story where i thought in this particular film i think you needed it just to kind of keep it grounded a little bit and keep it kind of moving um mm-hmm. throughout the story so yeah I, I agree like i thought they were like they were fine they they did their um like job like was it like were they like anything like could the story have progressed without them? Maybe. Like, I think they probably could have, like, had the sister be kind of, like, the main driving force, which I actually, I thought she was great. Like, I really liked the sister in this one. I liked that that whole relationship. Um, but I, I, you know, I thought the cops, you know, like you said, they were they were kind of there um, and did their their job. So I, I, did, I didn't mind them. Yeah, they weren't memorable, like, the cops right. and Saw, you know, like, mm-hmm. they, they kind of were just there and 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys want to get in some questions to kind of spur on some more conversations about the film? Uh, yeah. There are a few of these that aren't uh, malignant related, but the majority of them are. So I just decided to stick them all together. So we'll get a couple of malignant breaks in here. But the first one from uh, Jonathan. Okay, I've seen this movie twice now, both times in theaters. While I enjoyed it a lot less the second showing, interesting. I, I'm curious if uh, you think we'll enjoy it less the second time. But yeah, anyway. um, I so support big box films taking risks like this and hope to see more like this in the future. Question for y'all though, does this film lean more self-aware or just plain sloppy? Thinking especially of the crazy opening scene and over the top third act after the big reveal. I think in some ways this film was so James tribute to camp horror, so I tend to think the film leans more self-aware, but I can't quite tell. Both times I saw the film, there were people laughing in the theater throughout the film, including myself, and maybe that was the intention. Thanks for a great podcast. So do you guys, A, think your opinion will change on second viewing? And B, do you think it was self-aware or just sloppy? Self-aware. Um, and I feel like I'll like it, more the second time just assuming because I'll just be able to enjoy it more and not trying to figure out like what's going on you know mm -hmm. um yeah I know I I think definitely self-aware like I think yeah I I don't think I don't think James Wan is that sloppy where he you know I think he is smart enough not to do uh that sort of stuff so I think it's definitely more of a self-aware can't be fun ride he was going for and um what was the second part do you think you're going to feel the same way on a second viewing? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, that is an interesting question. I I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think I will. Like, I think this time around, I'll be looking for more of the clues that I might have missed. Um, but maybe at the same time, maybe since, like, I know the twist now, it won't be as enjoyable. But I don't know. I mean, I think it's just so campy like that. This is just like a great, this is a great midnight movie. Like I say that a lot, but this one really, really would be a great midnight movie to watch with the crowd. Yeah, I agree. I think it was definitely self-aware. I think James Wan knows what he's doing. So I don't think uh, that it was sloppy at all. Uh, second viewing, I could see what Sam is saying, where now that we know the twist, we can kind of go along for the ride. But at the same time, knowing the twist, I'm inevitably going to look at it on uh, a like finer tooth comb and try to see kind of the holes and that might maybe bring my score down a little bit if I see too many plot holes uh on a rewatch but I don't know for sure and you know I I haven't seen it twice I probably won't till at least at the end of the year if that so yeah it's an interesting question but I think I would probably like it a lot anyway a second time I don't know if it'll be as much but I'll definitely like it a lot. uh next question is from Rinfa James Wan called this movie an homage to Giallo films what are your favorite giallos? You know, giallos have always been my like one of my least favorite subgenres of horror, and I don't know why. I just could never like really get into them. Um, there are like a few decent ones, like, but there's none that like overly impress me. Um, I really did enjoy Pieces though. Pieces is a really good one. Um, that might be my favorite one, honestly. Um. Also, uh, there's one called uh, Don't Torture a Duckling that is um, pretty good as well. Uh, so yeah, I'll go with those two. I was not impressed with Deep Red. I know a lot of people love that one, but I just, that one was not for me. I don't know if I've seen any. Yeah, it's not a very, like, it's a pretty obscure subgenre of horror. Um, so not, I think a lot of people have seen necessarily mm -hmm. a lot of Giallo. Uh, personally, the one that comes to mind is Phenomena. Um... Mm -hmm. But I haven't seen that many either. It's one of, I guess, my uh, 
you know, my blanks in the horror genre that I, ha I haven't seen a ton of them. I have seen some of them. I do agree with Deep Red. I don't think it was uh, necessarily the best one. And there's Tenebra, Tenebra or whatever. That's a pretty mm -hmm. good one too. But yeah, that's uh, it's definitely one that maybe I should check out more um, in the future. But I'll go Phenomena. That's the one that first came to mind when I thought of it. Uh, speaking of Malignant, would you want to see a sequel? Do you think a sequel could work? I don't. I, I don't want to see a sequel. I, I don't think it's necessary. And I really don't know where you would go from here, like with it. Like, oh, he comes back. I mean, okay. Like we, it would be the same thing we, we just saw, you know what I mean? So I, I would say this is a one and done. Yeah, I agree. It's like, well, if he comes, if you don't want it to be where he comes back just on the same person, it's like, well, what would she have? children and the child is born with a twin attached <laughs> it's like no that's okay yeah yeah i agree uh i think james wan can think of a sequel that would be good like i'd have that kind of trust in him although james wan is the type of person who would also move away from the franchise and let someone yeah. else handle it right and i'm not sure they would be able to handle a sequel like he is that's just mm -hmm. my my thought uh just based off his you know reputation of kind of moving on from thing to thing. I know I think he's doing Aquaman too and other stuff. He's got other stuff going on. So mm -hmm. I think someone else will probably take uh, Malignant. I think there's potential for a good sequel, but I don't know what it is, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I'd watch know. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd watch it just based off this one. So that's right. it. Uh, next one's our friend Captain Amazing 85. That's Chuck. Did anyone else have a hard time not saying in their best Arnold voice, it's not a Tuma? <laughs> <laughs> Kindergarten cop. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, Why don't I remember that? It's when like he's like sitting with all the kids and the kid, he's like, I have a headache. And the kid's like, maybe it's a tumor. And he's like, yeah. it's not a tumor. <laughs> love it. Um, and he then says, speaking of Schwarzenegger, can we hear the entire squad impersonate the governor? I just did. <laughs> What's your favorite Schwarzenegger line that you can think of off the top of your head? Mm, ooh, there's so many good ones, but my one of my personal favorites is "Get to the chopper now." <laughs> yeah. oh. That's awesome. Or, or uh, oh, what's another? Oh, I love in Commando where he's like, "Please don't wake my friend. He's dead tired after he just <laughs> broke his neck." <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. You got any, Sam? No, I don't. Come on. Just do an Arnold impression for us then. Do I'll be back. I'll be back. There you go. Love <laughs> <Nice>. it. <laughs> My favorite Arnold quote is also from a kindergarten cop. It's <laughs> it's not, it's not a tuma. It's uh I love you, Cindy. I'll be with you <laughs> days, nights, weekends, <laughs> holidays. I have nowhere to go but right here. For the rest of time, <laughs> I, I fucking love that scene where he's yep. trying to get information out of an informant and just like follows her around until she gets it to him. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's great. I also love when he breaks into the party and the guy's like, Man, who the fuck are you? And he like blows yeah, the yeah, couch. Blows he's like, I'm the potty pooper. Yeah. <laughs> he's the best. And we're, really getting, we're getting up to Christmas now. So put the cookie down. <laughs> yeah. Turbo Man. Yeah, <laughs> I showed Sam uh, Jingle All the Way. She, she wasn't a fan. What? I know. Oh, he, he just kept saying it's Turbo Time all the time. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we get it. Why don't, you, why don't you walk the walk and not talk the talk, sir? Oh, 
she just didn't like he was a deadbeat dad and she was like come on you're better than that yeah <laughs> well, yeah they're, they're, they're always deadbeat dads so in every yeah. christmas movie <laughs> you can't go wrong with arnold and sinbad come on yeah exactly. <laughs> uh next question malignant is one of those words that is both fun to say and it just sounds terrifying mm. what are some of your favorite words oh <laughs> it's a great question i nothing that comes to my head though right now favorite words <laughs> i feel like yeah. i could think of least favorite rather than favorite Ooh, faster. like moist 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 doesn't really bother me raw does raw raw okay Ooh, raw dog raw. <laughs> all right <laughs> I have a favorite word. I kind of go through phases, you know, like I just, you know, it's just, it's more, and it's more phrases and words. Mm. You know, like that's, what? Uh, give us, give us a good phrase. Uh, like, like, like right now, my thing is this fucking guy. I don't think we watched that episode yet. So I think we were behind one oh, yeah, or okay. two. Yeah. It's just, I, I fucking love that. that. That's my thing right now. Mm. Um, His last question. Uh, Samala, like Pamela. Oh, What's the food pairing? Who asked that question? Always Chuck. Chuck Chuck's the food oh, guy. That's so interesting. He called me Samala. Samala. Some people call me that. <laughs> All righty. What's the pairing for tonight? It's gonna be. It's gonna be Jello in a brain mold with whipped cream okay. with red and black sprinkles on so top look like gabriel's face yep <laughs> all right did with i, I like said some the... vanilla pudding oozing out <laughs> and with little like chiclets as his little teeth oh so i i said this to sam i don't know what you thought it's and black I mean... licorice for his hair <laughs> love it uh i thought he no not the in the face but everything else reminded me of sinister like the Gabriel character. Yeah, his, his look the, had a very sinister. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I look like Bagul. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And then Sam made a great point saying it reminded her of like a J horror character, which I could totally see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Like the grudge. It looked yeah. a lot like uh, mm -hmm. the girl from the grudge. Mm -hmm. uh, next question is from Weezerface. On social media, this movie has been extremely divisive. Mm. Between those of us who like a surprise and people who I guess hate fun, what... <laughs> What other movies have pleasantly surprised you? This year, um, not nothing. <laughs> there, this year's been the, the down year for me. Um, I'm trying to think of like something maybe that came out last year that that kind of oh, you know what? So that surprised me last year it was Freaky. I was not expecting to like that movie like at all because I did not like Happy Death Day. Um, but that one surprised me a lot. That one is a lot of fun. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I love that movie. I don't know. I can't, nothing comes to mind right off the bat unless Joe can think of anything. Mm, no, nothing. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything we watched recently together that we both loved this one. I mean, <laughs> um, for me from this year, the ones that surprised me. So I, there's movies I love more than this, but the ones I really didn't expect to love first is army of the dead. Um, mm. I, the trailers didn't make it look that good but i actually had a lot of fun watching that one and the other one's willie's wonderland yeah uh, yeah definitely you know, it, it looked pretty stupid mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. at face value but um the movie was actually really fun so i'll go with those two for this year very nice uh, just, but not grizzly too not grizzly too which <laughs> oh, is come on 
can see how how low is Grizzly Two right now. I think Grizzly Two might be my worst of the year right now. Ooh, it's <laughs> it's actually my third worst. So oh, all right, it might get pushed out of the list if uh, you know the way the year's going. It's, it's possible. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let me just go back to the questions here. Okay, still uh, Weezer face, uh, Mary fuck kill, Madison from Malignant, no, oh. Dwayne from Basket Case. <laughs> Or Edward Mordrake from American Horror Story. I'm trying to remember who that character is. Yeah, I, 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 I gotta look it up too because <laughs> Edward. It's gotta be like a double-headed per- or like some sort of freak-looking thing. Wait, so are we doing Madison or are we doing uh, Gabriel? <laughs> Madison. All right. I, I guess it's a combo deal. Uh, okay. Is uh, the, it's, I think that's the one with the double face. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the guy from P2. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm seeing him now. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I, I know the real person behind that, but I, yeah. I haven't seen that season. So I, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like he's got like a little head in the back of his head. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember now. Mm-hmm. Okay, right, so well, who is it? Abigail? No, Madison. Uh, Madison. Madison is <laughs> Wayne from Basket Case or Edward Mordrake. Oh. All right. Well, I'm definitely marrying Madison because, like, at least she has like at least a good one good face. So you know, I'll take that. Uh, and then I guess I am hmm, probably banging more Drake, just because it's like same thing. Like at least he has like a good face in the front. Like, and then yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to kill uh, Dwayne from Basket Case. I'm killing Dwayne from Basket Case. Marion more Drake, and I guess I'll fuck Madison. And yeah, I'll marry Madison, uh, kill Dwayne, and I guess fuck Edward more Drake uh, for about the same reasons. And the last question from Weezer Face Okay, okay, Uno Mas. And everyone can respond because this was my only kind of issue with the movie, and I'd like to discuss did it bother anyone else that they didn't explain why it had electricity superpowers? So we talked about our thoughts on it, but did it bother you? that they didn't explain it uh no not really um I don't, I don't know i don't think it really needed to be explained per se like i just took it as he was like just like some a supernatural presence you know like which he kind of was right like i don't know like I, it is a bit of a plot hole now the more i think of it and you guys kind of say it but i don't know like I, it just never bothered me and honestly i never thought of it like i never even thought about it I mean, I'm not upset, but I'm like, was he really? I don't see him as um, like a source of evil. What did you call it, Steve? Supernatural. I don't consider him being supernatural. Right. It's yeah, yeah but look know. at the way he moves. Like, I feel like it's like right. supernatural. Yeah, but like, he's ba- like his body is backwards, so he's gonna make her body move to where he can move easier. Yeah. Like you don't have to be. But what about the way he talks? Like he's able, yeah. Like it's right. That's like, what how we're else saying. Would he be able is, to go? Well, that's what we're saying. Is like, I mean, he was born. Like his mom was well aware of him. He just maybe he just, he just got like more powerful. Like as he like w- like stayed inside of her. I don't really know. I, I mean, mean, yeah, like with the babies and stuff that she lost and everything like mm-hmm. that. But it's like. What about before that, like, bef- like the opening scene, and she's like, "You've been a, I don't know." Well, yeah, and she and like you know he's talking to her like 
through the electronics when she was a kid too. Like, cause you see her like talking to him on the phone and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so like, maybe he, I don't know that he has some sort of elect, uh, tele. I mean, you know what? Maybe they did mention it and we missed it somehow. I don't know. I don't think they did, but, but I mean, yeah. I would like to know, but I'm not gonna cry myself to sleep tonight. So it didn't, <laughs> it didn't bother you basically. Is what... No. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like, I, you know, I, I was aware that it was happening. I was aware that it was a little ridiculous. That it, it was happening, but it didn't really bother me all that much. I just kind of chalked it up to, you know, this supernatural creature is coming out of her head anyway. So might, might as well give him a couple uh, special powers. Uh, next questions are from Horrorfan Ryan. Uh, did anyone else think it looked like a Saw sequel? No. There were a lot of scenes in there that I felt like I was watching Saw, but Saw sequel? No. Yeah, I I could see uh, where he's going with it because when you see the victims kind of all like disheveled in their bed, uh, it looks like something happened to them. And, you know, there's the cop angle kind of investigating the case throughout the movie, which is very Saw-esque. But I think that's where the um, comparison ends. Although... Uh, when Gabriel was going around, it gave me a little bit of uh, like the pig head vibe from Saw, you know, like the pig mask when she was going, yeah, like, I could going see around that. and stuff. I, I got kind of those vibes and stuff. So in that sense, I could see how it looks like a Saw sequel, but I think the movie totally is a completely different film than the Saw mm-hmm. franchise. Um, next question. The film and the way it was shot, that's all kept thinking. Oh, that, that's he's answering his own question. Uh, where do you rank James Wan in your list of horror directors? Great question. He's got to be like top 10 for sure. Like, I don't know. I'd have to sit down and make like an actual list. Do I think he's as high as like a carpenter? For me, no. But like, he's definitely made that he's definitely up there now though for sure like he i he's definitely deserves to be mentioned among the greats like carpenter and craven and um all and all those others toby hooper whatnot um yeah i mean he, he deserves it he's been doing this now for the past 20 years and he's created some of the most iconic franchises in horror over those 20 years so how can you you might not like his movies but you gotta damn well respect him yeah, I mean, am, am I being too eager by saying maybe top five? I don't know, top eight? Top I don't think six? so. No, I don't think that's being too eager. No. Uh, yeah, to me, he's up there. He's top five for me. You know, um, he could even be getting close to top three along with Carpenter Romero for me. Um, I mean, my bet, my favorite film in 2000, 2009 was Saw. My two favorite films from 2010 to 2019 was Conjuring 1 and 2. Uh, I mean, the guy is on a fucking roll. And, you know, it's it's just crazy to see him keep evolving and keep pumping out these great movies. So, yeah, I got to give him props. He's, you know, he's at least top five, maybe top three for me right now. And still pumping out movies. You know, Carpenter is pretty much done. Um, Romero is obviously not making anymore. He passed away years ago. So, you know, he, he's, he's up there and he's he keeps climbing. So... Mad, mad respect uh, for him. All right, next question is from Creature Feature. That's Marla. Would you like to have a super-powered parasitic twin in the back of your head? Uh, why wouldn't I, really? I mean, it's the real question. I don't know. Like, if, if, like, you could, like, if it could be, like, a friendly relationship, 
then hell yeah. Yeah. Where it's not like taking over my brain every two seconds. Like if we could come to terms and be like good friends, I'd be for it. I'd be down for it. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> come on. It'd be so cute. <laughs> uh, I guess, I guess it depends, right? Like what the parasitic, uh, the superpowered twin is doing. Like if it takes mm-hmm. over my body, that would just horrify me because then I wouldn't be in control of situations and you know, since I would be kind of the main face of the situation, I'm the one who has to take all the fucking fallback for whatever mm-hmm. my stupid twin is doing. So in that sense, no, probably not. I, I don't think I'd like that. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about the very end of the movie, too? Like, what do you think is going to happen to Madison? I was saying this to Sam. I was like, she's got to at least be committed, right, for, like, life maybe or something like that. Because, like, they fuck, she fucking went on a murder spree. Like, granted, it wasn't her, but it was her. Yeah, right? yeah, it's, it's, it's her. It's her body. It's <laughs> yeah. her. Uh, yeah i think she'd have to be committed essentially Mm -hmm. yeah like i don't think she deserves to like go to like a maximum security prison or something but she definitely should have to go to like a a psychiatric like institute because you can't gabriel could come back out like at any time right like we still see that he's he's in there at the end of the movie so yeah i'm sorry madison yeah they're gonna have to like suppress her through therapy and all this Mm -hmm. stuff and it opens up to a future sequel you know at any time Gabriel can come back and just take right. over. So, yeah. Um, next question: Would you rather be the parasitic superpowered twin <laughs> or the main host? I guess the main host. What was the question? So, if you were, uh, if you did have uh, the twin in your back of your head, would you rather be the twin, like the one in the back of the head, or the host body in the front? <laughs> of the head i don't want to go to work i want to just fool around all day there you go <laughs> you just want to be the do the killing mm-hmm. yeah i'm the same way like i i want to <laughs> be the one that i take over when i feel like and take the other one give the other one all the responsibility and blow back you know so yeah, yeah, i think that would be go. good you can like take over while she's having sex so you just get all the enjoyment out of it and then like she'll... well <laughs> m- maybe not because then your face is in the pillow <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. You know, I'm getting suffocated while she's fucking getting laid. It's uh, I don't know, man. Well, it depends which style. There's I other guess, doggy style, yeah. I don't know. you like... doing the guys doing her doggy style, and all of a sudden you see her the head little pop out in the back. She's like, hey, yeah, right. <laughs> hello. It says, what's happening? <laughs> um, Marla's last question. Uh, do you think Gabriel will find a way? to superpower himself out of her head and into a new body in the sequel also why the superhuman strength and superpowers um i mean i hope they don't go that route if they do go around the sequel i don't like that idea of him like escaping and, and taking over another body I, I i don't like that idea um so i hope not I, I guess maybe like if they somehow were able to do like a surgery to remove the rest or something and then they're able to do that maybe i could go with that a little more or something or here's a here's an idea she dies in a car accident and they take her brain and put it in someone else's body that i'm, I'm on board with james wan make that one i'm I, that one i could go with kind of like the eye for those of you who have seen the eye sort of on that idea that could be kind of fun hmm and she's basically pitching basket cases. <laughs> if you yeah, take the body much. out of the thing, put it in the yeah. basket, and that's basically basket case. So. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Sam, do you think uh, she'll find a way to get the superpowered head out of the body? Or do you think that's a good idea? Uh, 
Nah. Nah. Just live with it. Just live with it. All right. Uh, Weezerface had one more question that she uh, brought in a little later. Um, the end of the movie, think it actually happened? Which way would you prefer? I kind of like that headshot ending. Hmm. Um, no, I think what we got is what actually happened. Like, that's the way I'm perceiving it anyway. Um, however, that is in an interesting thought because, like, at the end, we do see that uh, we hear the lights flash, that light, um, you know, getting high again. So perhaps maybe Gabriel's really the one in control. And what we're seeing at the end is, like, you know, like her own mind game that's an interesting thought i never really thought of before but i took it uh, as face value personally that her sister didn't get shot yes wait why would we think that she did though that gabriel overtook her in the end and that like basically what we're seeing at the very very end is like like her being in her own like happy place you know, yeah yeah but gabriel's really the one in control but i, I don't think that the way we got it, I don't think that's what's happening. That'd be fucked up, though. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why the, the very ending, you get that little pan. But I, I took that as just Gabriel is still in there, and he can come out at any time. What pan? What light are you talking about? Like, at the very end, where they pan to the um, light, and then you hear it getting, like, bright or whatever. You know, you hear, like, the, oh, the electricity flowing through it high, you know? Oh, no. I think that's just, like, he's still in her head. Like, right. he's still there. Yeah, that, that's how I took it, too. But uh, I but think I Weezer, Weezer Face's theory is interesting. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah, I agree with you guys. I think it's just... Like, I just want a happy there. ending, though. <laughs> Horror movies is not the genre for happy endings most, <laughs> no. most of the time. Um, all right. And the last uh, question here from M. Did any of the squad members laugh during the movie or am I weird? Do you think it was supposed to be somewhat comedic? Also, yeah. what did you think about the scene where he, she, whatever you want to say, threw the chair across the room slow-mo and hit the cops? So unnecessary, but really made me laugh. Loved oh yeah, it. we laughed a few yeah. times. Oh yeah, definitely. We definitely laughed. I laughed quite a few times. And like I said, I think it was all intentional. Like I think it was intentionally campy. I think that's what Juan was going for. And yeah, like that, just like that chair throwing scene, I think totally intentional and I fucking loved it. Why are you getting so aggressive? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm that jacked up about the movie. Like, that's Gabriel's how much about to it. pop out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I laughed a few times uh, because I was having fun with it. Like, that's basically my main sentiment coming out of the movie is I had a fun time watching it. You know, it was just, a really good time it's just i laughed i you know cringed i did everything it was just a really fun movie to watch so yeah i definitely laughed in that chair shot yeah that chair scene was was pretty funny and that's all the questions we got so thank you everyone for the questions any thank final you. thoughts before we read it uh no i think we pretty much covered all of our bases on this one all right so let's uh let's read it what do you guys uh think of this one I'll start. Sure. I'll start us off. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's a blast of a movie. I had a great time with it. So I, I was like teetering, but I think I'm pretty comfortable giving it an eight. Um, I'm going to give it, this is tough. <laughs> Cause I want to give it an eight, but I'm like, Sam, you always score so high. Like, 
You do what you feel in your heart. I'm like, what kind of movie have I given an eight before, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's why I was like teetering because I'm like, is this better than Candyman, which I gave a seven and a half. I'm like, but it's like such a different movie, like in yeah, a different style, you know? It. So it's really, it's, you really can't compare them. All right, I'm going to do a 7.7. 7. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't sure where I was going to rate this movie when I first came out of it. But then I, I run a list all year, you know, and I kind of place them. So I know, okay, I asked myself, okay, did I like it more than this? Did I like it more than this? Did I like it more than this? And it just kept climbing and climbing and climbing. And finally, I realized, you know what? Fuck it. This is the movie I like the most so far in 2021. It's nice. the one I had the most fun with. <laughs> it's the one that uh, I just had the biggest smile throughout. So I give it a nine out of 10. Wow. I, I wow, nice. really, really had fun watching this one. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a, it's not, hasn't been a great year. You know, this would have been low, like low 10, like low top 10, maybe mid top 10 last yeah. year's list, but this year, just not a great year. And I think I liked it the most so far. So nice. Nine out of 10. I'm surprised all three of us liked it. <laughs> honestly i had no idea and i'll be very interested to hear what todd has yeah. to say about so this, what this do you one. think todd will give this i think todd's gonna like it because like i don't know like i feel todd likes campy movies yeah so i i think but there's definitely a potential for him to hate it at the same time right yeah and that's why <laughs> i was so anxious to see what everyone thought about it because yeah it really could go either way but i think todd will probably be a seven yeah um i think he'll like it the I least thought... out of the four of us but Steve, I thought you were not gonna like it. Yeah, everyone seemed to get that impression on uh, on Discord when they were kind of rating what they thought we would rate it. Oh yeah, what did they all say? Because I stayed away because me and Sam just watched that today. So did what were did most here, people I'll, think we were gonna I'll, not like it? Yeah, let me tell you here. All right, so um, Chuck gave gave me a seven, Sam a seven point five, and you an eight. So he got you okay, perfectly got right, pretty right. Sam too, pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I gave, so I actually rated it too. I <laughs> thought Sam would be an 8.5 and you okay. a 7. Okay. Um, the Rise Horror Corner, me 7.5, you Joe 7, Sam 6. Okay. Uh, he gives it a 9 though. So Nice. Uh, horror Fan Ryan, me 7.5, you Joe 6, Sam 6. <laughs> so right. yeah, a lot, you of guys people, were wrong. <laughs> a lot of people thought M, me 7, you Joe 7.5, and Sam 7.8. Okay. So, yeah, Pretty damn close. Yeah. 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 So I think people didn't expect us, I guess, to like it as much as we did for the right. most part. Uh, I know no one came close with me. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was a, it was a fun, fun film. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm be interested to see where this comes up on my top 10. I mean, it's definitely top five for me right now. I mean, the way this year is going. And like yeah. I said, just we'll see. I think the tail end of this year, hopefully, is going to be great. Yeah, you know, we I keep mean, saying that, but uh, tail end the end of the year is coming. We are in October. Yeah, yeah, we only got a couple, few months to go here. But I mean, there's still like a lot I haven't seen yet that I want to go back and revisit, like yeah. Old and Don't Breathe 2 and uh, Escape Room, which I, I don't know if we're still going to cover that or not, but we'll see. We but, should, I think, it, once it comes out on, you know, it's, I, I believe it is out. Is it? now on VOD. Oh, I think so. Yeah. yeah I think well, old and don't don't breathe too are too. I mean, but they cost some money. But yeah, you hear the 25. Those yeah, two. yeah. Uh, so but, I guess uh, we'll maybe we'll wait until that those prices drop down a little bit and then we yeah, can cover plus them. we October we're busy, which speaking of which yes. 
So uh, we're starting spooky season next week. Uh, the next episode after this one releases October 1st. Um, so we decided we'll give you, the listeners, a chance to tell us how we should start our spooky season uh, reviews. So over on Discord, um, just tell us which movies that you've well, actually by the time that they hear this episode we'll have probably already picked but mm. uh, the reason you should be on discord is because we're going to let the discord essentially throw out some movies at us and we're going to decide internally which one uh, mm. is the best for us to review to kick off spooky season 2021 definitely yeah, yeah. Can't we're wait. excited yes we're going to do a lot of halloween spooky theme movies for October. October. I know we've already talked. We're going to do Rocky Horror Picture Show at some point as well. So, yeah, yeah stay tuned. Pro- and obviously, Halloween. we're going to do Halloween Kills. Obviously, I'm sure Halloween the kills, week yeah. that releases, we'll be doing that. So, yes, we'll be keeping all of the spookiness alive for October. And if you haven't yet, merch. We released, of course, our Halloween themed uh, merch for spooky season. So, if you haven't yet, go and check out RT Public. Uh, tpublic.com backslash lahar squad podcast and uh, pick up some uh, Halloween merch that we released. It's pretty dang cool. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you can see it on our Discord or follow Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you can see it over on there as well. And thank you to everyone that's bought so far. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to get mine. It's uh, it's I think only a couple days away from nice sam and i haven't even ordered yet we get to order like this week because i'm hoping to have it by (laughs) october 16th for the signing so i'll have to order this week sam so sam you want to take us out all right guys well thanks for listening to another episode we can't wait to hear what you guys have decided for us to review to kick off spooky season thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time bye 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 i'm todd Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast, where today we are joined by two very special guests. Their new movie, Shelter in Place, is now available on VOD and digital. Please welcome the directors and writers of the film, Chris Bayrudi and Connor Martin. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having us. We're so excited. Yeah, we're doing great. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Uh, so just why don't you start off by telling our listeners what Shelter in Place is about? Yeah, so Shelter in Place takes place at the famed Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel, and it follows a couple trapped on uh, their idealized honeymoon vacation uh, because of a global pandemic that limits their travel. And uh, the couple trapped, uh, soon experienced cabin fever isn't the only thing they have to worry about. All right, awesome. Uh, So... uh... Now, did you guys write this movie prior to the pandemic? And then once it happened, you shifted the script or was this always the original plan? So we were actually, funnily enough, approached as the pandemic was falling upon us. uh, We had the opportunity from the uh, gracious hotel staff at the Hollywood Roosevelt who said, hey, we're not in operation. Um, We figure like this could be a fun opportunity to pull something together. What do you have in mind? And from there, we had about two weeks uh, to pull this story from conception into production. So wow. <laughs> um, everything you see on the screen was written from the first inkling of an idea to the screen within those, that two week span. That is, that is amazing. What is, that's, a, that's a crazy story. So you guys actually filmed inside the uh, hotel. Correct. So we, we wow. essentially had full reign of it um, because they, they were, like I said, inoperational and had no guests. So um, it gave us the opportunity to shoot in, um, the 
uh, like the honeymoon suite, as well as the bowling alley, the ballroom, and just all of these cool crevasses of the hotel that um, typically no one would have access to. So, and it's such a beautiful hotel. Um, yeah. So historically significant, um, even all the way back to the Stalin era. So it was it was a great honor to get to shoot there. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. That's crazy. I now I, <laughs> I was like while watching this, I was like, wow, like I was like this like feeling of isolation like in a hotel really feels super genuine. And now I, I know why, because uh, like that was my next question. I was like, where, where did you guys film this? Because it felt so genuine. And now like I know. I mean that that's 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 pretty amazing. Um, now obviously there's like so much famed history behind this hotel with, with ghosts and spooky happenings. Um, mm -hmm. Did you guys like experience anything while you were there? I mean, cause it must've been, I mean, with like no one there, there must've been like some, even just like little bangs and noises must've made you kind of look over your shoulder. <laughs> I mean, one of, one of the craziest things actually, right when we were doing kind of like location scouts and pre-production, we were in there um, and the security guard came running in uh, white as a ghost saying he was looking at security footage in, um, in one of their storage facility rooms. There's one of those big blue water coolers and he pulled the video up and out of nowhere, uh, it, it was ripped off of its um, base and flew two feet and water spilled everywhere in like a random storage room. We ended up writing that into the movie actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fell onto the cutting room floor. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we did experience real thrills and chills of, um, you know, whether whether they were psychological constructs or actually, you know, manifested in the space. Um, yeah, we definitely felt that um, in our experience being there during that time. Mm. Now, as, uh, you know, write the writers and directors of this movie, um, is there one you guys levitate towards uh, one more than the other when it comes to writing and directing? Yeah, I mean, I, I found myself typically assuming um, the uh, role of director on um, like my, my various product projects. Uh, however, uh, I, I have a, another film in production right now, another horror film uh, in Canada called Margo that we'll be releasing in February. And on that one, I'm just strictly um, a writer on. And then for Connor. Well, one of the things that I think was great about this project was there was, it, it, from going from scene to scene, there was kind of this push and pull with Chris and I. And, you know, we're such good friends and we, and we work together so well creatively that, you know, when there's scenes that Chris had, a, you know, more solid grasp of, uh, I would I would take more of the writer's writer role, work with the actors, because um, uh, a lot of the dialogue itself is um, improv uh, on on the day. So, um, and then and then vice versa, you know, on scenes that I had a better grasp of, Chris would you know workshop the dialogue and take the take the writer position on this. Yeah, but we really, I mean, to a degree, we almost need to give writing credit to the actors too. We would come in some of those days, and really, we we were shooting off a more or less like 15, 20 page outline where we had plot points that were flexible and did change throughout production. Um, but we would come in in the morning, sit down with our actors as um, the crew, our, our small nimble crew of five people were setting up these scenes. And uh, we would talk through the scenes with the actors and say, hey, what do you think your position would be in the scenario? Uh, and then just run lines um, that were generated from scratch the actors would provide things, we would shoot things back, and we, we would essentially write the script on the day in the first you know, hour and a half, and then stick to the lines 
um, with like some some deviation uh, with the performance, but um, that's that's what gave off such a, in some scenes such a genuine feel to it hmm. was that um, it was really the actors bringing to the table uh, what they felt in the moment and having the the creative liberty and freedom to uh, improvise some of these dramatic lines, which was an exercise that um, a lot of them said they had never done before in in dramatic improvisation. So. Um, there was a bit of magic there that we really enjoyed in the process. Yeah, and we shot it pretty early on too. So it was, you know, the feelings they're feeling about what's happening around them were actually pretty, you know, pretty genuine at the time. You know, back mm -hmm. And things were unfolding at, uh, yeah, in, in terms of the news circuit, things were unfolding and we'd incorporate them into the script the day of. Um, so when, you know, the, the um, true shelter in place and safer at home orders were uh, extended past that two week original period that they set them for, um, it, it really shook us as well as the characters in the film of when will we get out of this? Mm. Uh, so it was, you know, just a, another interesting spin that contributed to the overall story. Yeah, wow. Uh, my next question actually was about the cast, so it's a good segue. Um, you know, with it being a small cast, I felt like it, it really worked like it, it, with this movie because of just the whole feeling of isolation. Um, but I would imagine with now that I, I know that, you know, basically this was, uh, you know, conceived, conceived in basically a two week period. How was it complicated to get actors that, that fast? Or did you use, you know, uh, friends that you were familiar with that were actors? Yeah, so it, it, it ended up coming down to actors that we had previous relationships with. Yeah. I, I had worked with Tatiana a fair, numbers of time, a fair number of times and she's such an incredible actress that um, it was a, in, in, an easy ask, an easy phone call, um, given the fact that you know, most of Hollywood for the most part was shut down. Um, like what a creative exercise. And really this started as um, kind of like an, a, a, an experience, an experiment for the actors that we didn't expect to unfold into a feature. Um, it, it, you know, it started out as a little passion project that maybe would be a, a short film that um, just continued to compound on itself. And they sort of helped with the casting as well. You know, like yeah. Jonathan, our producer, uh, is very talented. He, he brought Brendan on, he brought his friend Kevin on, yep. Kevin brought Jay on. Yep. So they all, <laughs> you know, one led to the camera, other. They got to just hang out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, they had that uh, rapport with one another, which right. I think came through in that the first scene, um, in, sorry, the bar scene between um, Ty and John, that was the first thing we shot the first day. Um, and you can already see that chemistry between them and the way yeah. that they would uh, more or less like spit in each other's face, which was so fun, so. Yeah, now, uh with uh now i feel with most filmmakers that i've interviewed uh who you know tend to delve into the horror they are fans themselves uh mm -hmm. so are you guys big fans of the genre and if so can you tell me a movie that kind of resonated with you the most or uh, any directors in the genre who may have inspired you yeah absolutely. yeah um big fan of the genre i think one movie that we both really love is possession which is finally getting its i, I feel like it's getting the recognition that it's always deserved but mm. hasn't exactly had um, you know until recently um you know that's a great one and, it, and I, I i like to think it's the greatest breakup film of all time uh, <laughs> and just you know i won't spoil anything about that one or anyone listening but that that was a big big inspiration and you're just the fun kind of schlocky late night horror films of the 70s and 80s mm. uh, a lot of the you know giallo flicks argento mm -hmm. uh 
Fulci, he's a he's a big inspiration of ours. I'm actually wearing a Fulci shirt right now as we speak. Are you <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, I am. I got the Beyond on. Yeah, <laughs> that one's killer. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we we love all those ones. Like Sleepaway Camp is another one. Nice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was a fan favorite. Uh, Connor and I lived together for a, a period of time in New York, and almost every night we would throw on some. <laughs> ancient artifact of a schlocky horror film. Um, and I think that's what inspired us here, um, knowing, knowing more or less like our limitations of running with a small crew with a ultra low budget um, for you know, a few weeks time. Um, I think having those um, restrictions really helped us in the creative process. That's what's so fun about the genre. Like it's such a time honored tradition. Mm. Uh, be a part of like to kind of work with these limitations because you know a lot of these movies they're you know they're from places outside of the coast these people in small towns just get together and they, they scrape up what they can and right. wear every hat they can and do what, do what they got to do to get the movie made and we yeah. we kind of had to do that we had to make all the special effects ourselves yeah i mean there was there was a night um <laughs> towards the end of the film there's a uh uh, our most graphic sequence. Um, we spent about a week, and that was Connor and um, one of his close friends, Clay, who literally laid down in a, a vat of, like, was it silicon? We were making latex molds. Of yeah, the latex molds of bats <laughs> that we ended up using in the movie and applying a skin, skin texture to. So it was blood on the stove. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really. Uh, yeah, there's there six of us total um, within with, with all of the crew. So mm -hmm. we were wearing a number of hats and would switch off from being, you know, a, a production coordinator to a director to um, a special effects artist. <laughs> so nice. um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Nice. Now, I, I would have, I, this still blows my mind that you guys actually filmed like in the hotel. Um, so when you guys filmed at the hotel, you know, I would assume that, there had to have been many challenges, you know, because while, you know, moving the cameras around and stuff like that. So you, can you guys talk about like the challenges you guys experienced, like just on a filmmaking standpoint? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess it just because the hotel was empty um, and just served as this great backdrop, we, we didn't have too much trouble, like, I guess, setting up each scene from mm. a lighting perspective, camera perspective. Um, and Michael Greenwood, our, our DP, was really talented and very understanding of, you know, we would talk like idiots on what we wanted, but then he would, you know, make it beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I will say there, you know, there were certain, I guess, limitations just due to how old the hotel was and, um, you know, what we could fully do and what we couldn't, we couldn't make too big of a mess because, we basically had to be unseen, just totally fly under the radar while there, um, which was fun. And it's it's like you said, those those hurdles, I guess, required us to find ways to creatively overcome them. Mm -hmm. um, so we just had to be as small as possible, as tight as possible, mm -hmm. shoot as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and I think our 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 schedule design and our our shot list were really what saved us at the end of the day of kind of pre-visualizing and, and then scouting each of these spaces 
in order to uh, you know be efficient and productive and and more or less make all of our days with the exception of our last night which we uh we spent i think near 18 hours on our um our final scene that was the crunch yeah. <laughs> yeah. um but otherwise yeah luckily the the you know the gracious staff of the hollywood roosevelt was so instrumental in helping us um navigate the space i remember in in the ballroom uh while it looks vacant was covered in um like retired furniture mm. like huge closets and couches and lamp posts from throughout the hotel um that were laid over a tarp in there and uh in in some of the shots and some of the close-ups we would run in and essentially like pull the tarp as hard as we could with all six of us just to the edge of the frame so we can get a close-up on um, both of our leads and we'd pull it back to, in the other direction to get the reverse shot um which is why we, we did the french overs um to try to avoid everything in the 180 that was behind us um because in like a in opera uh, a hotel that's not in operation you know there's a lot of uh, uh artifacts laying around a lot of construction that was um attempting to go underway so um we actually only had a couple of hours to film in the pool too yeah because they they drained the pool immediately after we, uh. <laughs> yeah. we had to beg to keep them from draining it nice uh now is uh so you know you guys obviously i can tell you guys are big horror fans and whatnot so is the horror genre something you are going to continue on with or are there other genres that you would eventually like to go and explore yeah so it's funny um connor and i both started out in comedy live television oh, okay nice. um so we, we've stuck ourselves in now in the field of uh you know of genre films and i think mm -hmm. Most of our taste is drawn towards horror, but mm -hmm. I think there is this fun parallel between horror and comedy that Absolutely, really boils yeah. down, you know, to, to timing and pacing. And um, I, I think drawing on those experiences that we had uh, in our development, uh, working in New York in live uh, comedy television, I think helped us in the in the horror field. And well, they're the two genres that have to. Uh, progress the fastest mm -hmm. they get stale the quickest yeah um, so you know just in one thing you're scaring people and the other you're making people laugh yeah so i imagine we will stick in that realm um chris loves musicals though i hate musicals. yeah <laughs> yeah i think there's a weird uncanniness I'll, to musicals I'll run craft services on his, <laughs> on his yeah uh, but uh i would and you should expect uh more hordes be coming with from us. Um, we have a couple titles uh, that are in the writing room, as well as, um, like I mentioned, a title that uh, just finished principal production up in Canada um, that will release at the top of next year. So um, more to look forward to for sure. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, no, I think that's a good uh, place to leave it off. Um, everyone, make sure you go and check out uh, Shelter in Place, which is now available on VOD and digital. So go support, um, you know, horror filmmakers and whatnot and uh, check it out. But uh, before I let you guys go, uh, where can uh, people uh, find you or uh, get updates on all your upcoming films? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, one of our best means of communication is from our Instagrams. Uh, mine, you can find me at Runaway Rue. And Connor? Mine's A Connor Martin, C-O-N-N-O-R-M-A-R-T-I-N. Yeah, and we love engagement from fans as well as other horror supporters. So uh, 
don't hesitate to reach out with any questions on, uh, on the filmmaking process. Perfect. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, I think, thank you so much for joining us guys. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you too. We appreciate it. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all.